Welcome to Rolls and Lols, the Humescope podcast. And for those of you who don't know Humescope, a quick overview, we are a recruitment training business. Um, founded and run by two recruiters, myself and Laura, who have been recruiting for over 30 years. Um, we're super passionate about the industry. We teach recruiters, agency owners all across Australia, New Zealand, and hopefully one day the world, because we're planning on taking it over. Um, over to Laura. My name is Laura, co-founder of Humescope. Um, we're going to be running this podcast weekly. The aim is just to give you little bits of advice, tips, tricks, all related to the recruitment industry, and hopefully some laughs along the way too. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you'd like more info, go to humescope.com.au. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Please give it a like, give it a follow, give it a share, send us a message. And spread the love and word. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Welcome to episode nine, everyone. Welcome. Didn't even know. That's 90 minutes of wisdom that we've recorded. You say wisdom. It's just stuff, isn't it? Just recruitment noise. No. There's, there's been some nuggets, I think. Yes. And so this week, it's all about your first six months, six months or 12 months in recruitment and our top tips for your first year in recruitment, I'd say, because you're still learning in your first year. Yeah, the the Um, first year is still a, you know, you get to the end of your first year and you're like, oh, now it's, okay, now we're kind of, now we're rocking and rolling, don't you? Takes a while, doesn't it? Yes. Just plugging away. It's not really working to the level that you want it to. You and don't know it, whether it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people just bump out, don't they? Mm. Well, I think what we've, you know, in our with our rookie course, you know, our last module is all around, you know, building resilience and motivation. And the feedback that we get from that module is like, okay, this is everything I needed to hear because mm-hmm. – and and we know from working with rookies and and growing new recruiters in our own businesses, like those first six months are so wobbly. Like it's, it's such a steep learning curve. Recruiters, like we're literally growing them in our backyard. Come to him, you grow. <laughs> oh my god! If we could grow recruiters in our backyard, we would be millionaires, my friend. We would be millionaires. Okay, Laura Hoax, your top little bit of wisdom. Um, I reckon the first one for me Mm -hmm. is you actually have to show up. Mm. And that's not just with show up for your BD calls. So show up with your manager. It's actually show up um, to every interaction that you have with people. I think that to me is one of the most important um, ones. Why does this always something happen in our podcast episode? What's that? Oh, friend's that cool. She's just walking by. Kelly, say hello to our podcasters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's alive. She's just brought Spencer back from waddling around the block. <laughs> <laughs> you did waddle too. <laughs> that poor dog. 
Um, what do you mean by showing up? Like for anyone who's listening, like what does that look like day to day? Um, who are you when you show up? It's, it's a bit holistic, isn't it? It's what energy do you bring mm. to that interaction? Mm-hmm. You're bringing a negative energy, and it's not just showing up in a professional setting. I think it's just in life in general. How do you show up with your friends, with the coffee shop person, with the person delivering the mail? What is their feeling of you when they leave that interaction? Mm. And I think it's like don't let someone be a victim of your bad day. Because there's so many, you know, when you start this job, you do, there is an element of you that realizes like people are mad, like people are inherently weird and wonderful and really frustrating. And I think what can happen is that we start to put, you know, someone else's, you know, the interaction we have with someone else, we start to tarnish other people with that. So we go like, oh, candidates will mess you around. You know, and we start to give this blanket approach and then we start to maybe speak to candidates in a condescending way or, you know, we we don't treat people as individuals. And I think that ties in nicely with, you know, from the very get go, if you want a career in this job, you need to focus on the ethics. You need to focus on like what I was always taught was like, do the right thing by people, regardless of the immediate result, it will come back around. And I've built my whole recruitment career on not cutting corners and on trusting in doing the right thing. And there's so many still, you know, there's so many recruiters out there that are, you know, in it to make a quick buck. And that's that's never going to lead to you having a really sustainable career in this job. That's so true. Don't align with negativity. There's always mm-hmm. a negative Nelly in every recruitment office that thinks, recruitment share and I've been doing it for 10 years this is awful I can't believe our managers are doing this I can't believe the business is not doing this and they are bloodsuckers mm. <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> they are they're, they and they their billings are always up and down they're just really not good people to be around so if you see that in your agency do not align with them it mm. is so easy because those people typically will want to attract others into their negativity. And as a newbie to the industry, they will try and get you into their fold because they Mm -hmm. usually want to build a little army of negative people. Yeah. And so you need to watch out for them and completely avoid them. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, when you're you're new to this job, what I would say is like just just start getting really curious to everything. And a conversation that we often have with new recruiters is like, You know, I don't want to ask, I don't want to um, show people how little I know. So we just, but then we don't learn. So, you know, I think being vulnerable and being really curious and saying to candidates like, oh, I don't understand what that means. Can you tell me? Or, you know, if you were explaining your role to a child, you know, or I haven't recruited this role before, but, you know, I obviously have recruited similar. I think being honest and being vulnerable and using that as a way to get information because your candidates and your clients are going to be your biggest source of information if you allow yourself to go there. Um, And then I think, you know, tying that into kind of like internally, be curious to what everyone's doing around you, like shadow everything, I would say. If someone's making a call and it sounds interesting, you know, sit next to them and listen. You know, if someone's doing their business development, someone's got an interview or going on a client meeting, like how much extracurricular stuff can you do 
to learn from your peers because there's only so much in this job that you can learn theory wise and the rest of it has to really be experienced and I think hearing you know tips and tricks and you'll just start to become a magpie you know you'll be like oh I like the way they said that or the way that they articulated that was really good or that negotiation sounded really good and so you know if you're in your early days I would say even if you have a flexible work policy spend as much time in the office as you can and really become a sponge to the people around you. Oh, I love that you said that. Genuinely, if your business is fully flexible, it is going to be so hard for you to do this role on your lonesome yeah. in the house alone. Oof, I can't imagine what that would be like in your first couple of years. Absolute madness. I don't know how mm. you would do it. And I think a day or, day or so in the, in the office is not enough. So where possible... Try and push for more time in the office. One hundred percent agree with that. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely, has to be a sponge. It's those little things that you pick up from people that you then just incorporate into how you do things. Because mm. you and I do it still. Like you'll hear someone say something like, "Oh, that's actually really smart." We'll incorporate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I still learn from the people I'm training. Someone told me something that they do in interview prep this week, and I was like, "That's bloody genius! I've never done that." You know, like, and I've been recruiting 15 years, so you're never going to know it all. And I and I also think, as a new recruiter, you do have to come to terms with that because it is such a steep learning curve. But you, you that's never going to end. You know, you're always going to be refining. And so you do need to look at things as a learning opportunity. I had a conversation with someone this week about this, looking at things as a learning opportunity rather than beating yourself up about what you've done wrong. Mm, yeah. You know, I think it's like, okay, cool. That didn't go the way I wanted. Why? What's the learning in this? What will I do next time? Because if you uh, linger on all the little things that aren't going to go your way, again, it's going to be too stressful. Hundred percent. Consistency and KPIs, I would say, would be the next one. Yeah. This job is formulaic. Is that the right word? Yeah. Formulaic. Yeah. There'll be things that you just absolutely have to do again and again and again, and to some extent, it will be based on what sector you're recruiting in, who you are as a person, your client base, blah, blah, blah. But this role is formulaic. You do X amount of calls to get X amount of client visits, to get X amount of jobs, to get X amount of placements. Mm -hmm. It will be formulaic. So you have to do things consistently. Mm, And start to measure those things early, I think. Mm. You know, I think we, we spoke to our new recruiters about this last week, didn't we? Even if you don't have KPIs in your business, you still need guidelines. <laughs> like what activity leads to what activity, which will lead to what activity. Um, and if you don't have anything and you feel like you're kind of floundering, I would 100% as a new recruiter say to speak to your manager about it and say, can I just have some guidelines as around what level of productivity you would expect me to be putting out on a weekly basis, just so I can have something to aim for. Because it it is, you know, I hate saying it's a numbers game because it's, you know, there's so much that goes into it. But in terms of what, you know, if you interview this amount of candidates, you can get this amount of candidates to clients and clients are going to interview this amount and you'll make X amount of placements. There is a process to it. And so if you don't have a guideline, you need to manage up, I think. Mm. I think if you, there's things that you feel would be helpful, you need to take that to your manager. And even in planning your day, like 
planning your day should be absolutely the first thing you do at the beginning of every day, but then take that to your manager. This is my plan for the day. What do you think about it? Does this fit in line with what I should be doing? And actually uh, being proactive in those conversations, I think. Um, Oh, we're running out of time, I think. Are we? I know we really chilled out on this one. We're just like... I've got a few more that I've got. So do the small things right. They actually amount to everything in this job. And the small little tweaks that you can make in terms of customer service from candidate client side, all of those will make a huge impact. Comparison, do not compare yourself or try not to compare yourself to anyone else in your business. Everyone's on their own journey. You'll get there. If you do the small things and do them consistently, you will get there financially. Um, You won't win everything. You won't win every client. You won't win every candidate. You don't want to. You cannot work with that many clients anyway. To build a good sustainable desk, you need 15 to 20 clients that use you consistently, so have that in your head. You don't mm-hmm. need to win every client. Um, I think that was it from my side. Oh, get a mentor if you can. Ah, yes, that's such a great one. Have someone that you can offload to. And I think it's, it is worth mentioning, you know, these first six months can be an absolute roller coaster, And there will be at times, there will be times where you think, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, or I don't know if I want to do it. And what I would say to you is give it the full six months. I just give it the full six months and give it your all. And if it's not for you at the end of that, you've given it a good bash. But if you're at the three month mark and you're having a wobble, just, just see if you can push through because it, it's an amazing career, but it does take a little bit of time at the beginning just to, to get things off the ground. And so having people you can talk to, having personal balance, I think, having good personal routines in place that help you manage the, you know, the fluctuations and the stress, um, I think are really important as well. Yeah. And lastly, guys, you're not saving lives. It is actually not (laughs) that important. Let's stop taking it so incredibly seriously. If you fuck up, it's fine. Move on. Yeah. Apologize. Some of my best clients have come from some of my biggest fuck-ups mm. because you, it's the way you own it, yeah. I think. Um, this, this episode hasn't been very funny, has it? <laughs> I reckon, I don't know. I reckon if, if we did a poll as to who was funnier, who do you reckon would win? <laughs> I'm going <Yeah>. me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, please let us know who's funnier. I reckon it's me. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Funny to look at. <laughs> so, oh, shit. so shit. Oh, God. Okay, see you all next week. Thanks, guys.